Welcome to Amplifying Leadership, a place where we talk with guests on their leadership journeys and hear about what they think is key to becoming a great leader. My name is Tara Lehman, and I'm a partner, coach, and consultant at Twin Life Coaching and Business Services, of which Amplifying Leadership is a decision. For our leadership clients, we love to support you through this podcast, tools, coaching, and more. To learn more about Amplifying Leadership and our leadership community, please visit amplifyingleadership.ca. Today, I am welcoming Christopher Fox, founder and managing partner of a consultancy that focuses on communication and promoting ideas through thought leadership. Christopher is also a speaker and a presenter. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here, Tara. We're excited to have you. I'd like to start with all of my podcast episodes with you telling us a little bit more about you and how you came into leadership and, and maybe about your leadership in your business. Sure, sure. So I'm, I'm happy to start with that. It's, it's actually a, a bit of a long and winding path. Um, I began my professional life in academia. I got my okay. doctorate in French literature and I was teaching French literature at the university level for two years until I wow. came to this kind of horrifying realization that academia was not for me. It did not fit my mindset. I'm much more about getting things done, being hands-on. I, I loved the teaching aspects. I loved the research aspects of it. The professional environment was really toxic for me. And okay. I made the decision after those uh, first two years to migrate into business. And I, I took some intermediate roles in university administration, thinking that that would be a logical bridge into uh, the business world. And from there, I had a position as a content developer at a web consulting firm. So so this this dates me a little bit, but this is back <laughs> in the first dot-com bubble, um, where lots of content developing happen- happening, lots of creativity and lots of newness in the internet space was really exciting. And as my role matured in that company, I moved from developing the content to creating the whole content strategy and managing entire client accounts. And and what I realized at a certain point in my trajectory at that firm is, you know, I'm kind of ready to go here and do this myself. Everything about it in terms of managing the client relationships, growing those relationships into a new business, leading teams, I'd, I'd accumulated all of the right ingredients to say, well, what if I'm not doing this for another consulting firm? I'm doing it for myself. And so that's when in 2007, I founded my own business called Synchrosis. The way you described it is accurate, but it's actually had a couple of of earlier incarnations as well. Okay, yeah. And we started more similar to what I was describing in terms of uh, focusing on online communication, uh, developing um, whether it be websites or communication portals or or any of those online tools uh, for our clients in, in a range of industries. And then over time, and really, I would say the past uh, six, seven years at this point, uh, I decided to focus the business down into one very specific industry, which is this concept mm-hmm. of financial innovation. So that's not really an industry. You might think, well, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. It means that we work with um, you know, very large global institutional banks 
as well as financial technology disruptors and even high potential startups. It's a really okay. companies, uh, but it's focusing on uh, their thought leadership and their approach to getting their ideas and insights out into the world. So that's so that's how we close the big loop from doctorate in French literature to the introduction yeah. that you gave and, and what I'm doing now here with Synchrosis. It's been an evolution for you. <laughs> it has. And, you know, through, through all of those stages, it was, you know, one, one thing that would happen in, in the course of all of those transformations was, of course, each one of them required more, a, a higher and higher level of leadership, whether it's mm -hmm. leadership within a company and within teams that were then the teams of the, the client relationships I was running, leadership at the client level, because as, as a strong consultant, you're also in a way you're providing leadership to your clients. Of course. Yes. As a, as a founder of a business with, you know, with, with multiple teams and people of multiple roles. Um, and then the, of course, now, you know, the leadership responsibility of uh, being a CEO, as well as being very hands-on with clients, which I, I still very much am. Very good. That's an awesome story too. So I know that one of the topics you like to talk about is authentic leadership. Why does that topic resonate with you? Yeah, so th there's really a, a, a number of ways I'd answer that. It's 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 such a great question, and I go on and on about it because <laughs> leadership is essential to me. And you you can pull me back if I go on for too long, please. <laughs> okay. But, you know, the, the the first place that I'd say is is it really echoes my own journey of you know, just kind of shedding my skin as I became more confident and more experienced. Um, you know, I'm, I'm the one who's perfectly happy to show up in front of the CEO of a major global investment manager. And, you know, people can't see the video here, but I'm showing up with, with blue hair um, and perfectly happy to have yeah. that conversation peer to peer with that person. And that's just, you know, one little example of, shedding my skin, being perfectly willing to be as left field and quirky and whoever I am, whenever I feel like it. I love it. There's and his hair is awesome to our listeners. His hair is awesome. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. So that's, you know, that that's one level of authentic leadership. It's just that personal sense of like, just be who you are and be yeah. willing to get rid of some of those things that people tell you are uh, professional polish. You don't need that. But, mm -hmm. but there's, there's more to it, right? So one of the things I'd say is that when you're true to yourself in that authentic way, it gives you access to, to the superpowers that only you have, yeah, right? Yeah. So the world of business, it's anywhere you go, anywhere you look, it's crowded, it's competitive. Like in my own world, there are any number of other content agencies that someone could work with. And yes, they're similar on the surface, but they're not because they're not, I mean, I'll be, it'll sound a little bit self-important, but they're not run by me. They're not focused on, on thought leadership in financial innovation. They mm -hmm. don't have our approach to thought leadership, but all of those things are anchored in that idea of authentic leadership. And, you know, really, if, if you can't stand out, you won't go far. And True. if you're authentic, you won't stand out. So being authentic as a leader, it, it it gives you this platform to to basically go in front of clients or go in front of anyone. And, and you sort of start your mental sentence with the phrase, I am the only one who can, dot, mm -hmm. dot, dot, whatever it might be. 
and do it in a way that that's honest and humble at the same time. I like that. I like that. Being honest with yourself. Yeah. Being honest with yourself. And, you know, one example, we were, we were talking about this earlier this week on my team is there's all sorts of vanity publications out there that do this thing that, you know, I think it's so cruel. They, they, they go and they look for startup founders and they tell them we've spotted you as a rising star and we're, we're <laughs> going to write this media profile of you. And it gets them all excited. Of course it does. They have all these aspirations to getting visibility as their business. And then there's the punchline, so to speak. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll profile you for $2,000. Yes. I don't know about you, but I get that with our business as well. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, and it's mostly fake. No one reads them. And that, so, and that's not authentic business. And the reason why I bring it up is that it's not just being authentic as a leader, but the business itself has to be authentic. And there's a whole spectrum between a, a business that's authentic and, you know, truly fraud and truly scam. And I'm not saying these vanity publications are all the way over to the other end of the spectrum. Yeah, but, some of them are great. But, they're, yeah. but some of them are drifting that way. And mm-hmm. the idea that, you know, the, the authenticity of the business is, is also connected to the authenticity of the leader. And it's it's as true with your clients as it is with your team members. It's, mm-hmm. you know, I, authenticity you, as a leader, it's it's really the the engine for getting traction and building loyalty. Yeah. Very important. And I love the authentic leadership side of things, you know, that we can all be unique and not have to feel like you got to wear that suit wherever you go type thing. Right. So, yeah, I love it. I want to come back to a word that's, you know, um, you said earlier, which is about ideas and the fact that ideas matter around leadership. Why would you feel that it's so important for leaders to understand that ideas matter in business and leadership? Oh man, that, that, that's another one where you might have to shut me up, but if I stop, <laughs> we'll see where we get. All so, right. But you know, I, I guess I would try to put it really simply. It's like you need ideas to seed trust. Mm-hmm. It does actually connect to what I was saying about authenticity. And mm-hmm. the way I'd break it down is that really any business or any, you know, let's say you're launching a B2B software product or, or, or SaaS product or every service offering that might be out there in the world, it has to represent, you know, it's, it's, it's a thing that, that people, mm-hmm. that your customers consume, but it also has to represent an idea about change, right? It's, it's not compelling if there's not a before and after. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that idea about change is, you know, I, I just fundamentally believe this is the thing that's sticky. It's not necessarily the functionality or the specific deliverables that you offer as a consultant or whatever it might be. It's that idea about change that really makes it all work. So, mm-hmm. so that's really important about ideas. And I guess, you know, Full disclosure, there, there's the final layer, which is that my company actually develops thought leadership strategy and content for clients. So, of mm-hmm. course, for, I'm naturally going to be biased toward this. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, one thing I'll say in early client meetings, it's kind of like, you know, if, if a tree falls in the woods, did, did it make a sound? Mm-hmm. Um, same thing. If you innovate in the woods and nobody hears it, did you actually do anything? Yeah, it doesn't matter. I think that's yeah. kind of the 
question. And, and that's what we do is we, you know, we help companies bring their fundamental ideas and insights back out onto the surface because they're focused on building something. They're focused on operating their business. Sometimes the idea gets buried down mm-hmm. in all of that and they need help getting it back out onto the surface and sharing it with decision makers and, and influencers who matter. So, so maybe I'll pause. Yeah. Like, like I said, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I mean, sometimes people get stuck, especially now in finances and they forget that if we're innovative and come up with some creative ideas, we can actually build upon our sales and revenues as well. And that has been getting pushed down lately as well. Yeah, um, I think that's right. Yeah. It's, it's not just about, um, generic visibility, like getting 10,000 views on LinkedIn or whatever. Um, it's it's really about, you know, putting your ideas into the hands of those very few decision makers who matter, but also the ideas, ideas are transformative. They actually change the way you do business. They change your Mm -hmm. messaging. They change what you build and they create a virtuous cycle of growth. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, when you have a good workplace culture that allows for ideas to be shared and heard, I mean, I think you can get an abundance of great ways to move forward. What are your thoughts on some key ways that leaders can maybe have those growth, sustainable workplaces where ideas can be shared or, you know, can increase and and make the cultures better? Mm, Yeah, that's a really interesting question because it does... It does reflect culture. And I guess the, the way that I would frame that is I, I put it first through the, through the lens of a principle of radical kindness. Okay. Radical kindness. I mean by that? It's, it's really about you only care about the best work getting done. And it's like if, if your leadership depends on the location of people's bodies at specific times, then you failed. Mm-hmm. So you really, as a leader, it's part of your role to give people the space and the support to do their work extremely well, which includes generating ideas. It includes storming. Yeah. Doodle through those ideas and think through how they work. Do they work? Don't they work? And honestly, as far as they get their job done, they, they, they think and work extremely well. And I've pushed myself over time to really force myself to believe that the rest of it is none of my business. And like in kind of like a literal way, people use that phrase, but like it literally is none of my business where you are. If you're on my team and you have a newborn and you need to be at home um, or a toddler and you need to be at home, who cares? Honestly, Mm -hmm. I can't possibly bring myself to care. It's it's none of my business if you're getting your job done and you decide you need an afternoon to do something, mm-hmm. whatever it might be in terms of kind of lo- location and timing. And, and that is, that's more sustainable for staff, obviously, but as a leader, it's more sustainable for yourself as well. Because you don't have to worry about it, right? You don't you don't have to do that thing. And it obviously it changed a lot um, during and after the pandemic. But mm-hmm, of course, yes. You see this thing where leaders, you know, especially the small business, they it's almost like they go out and they kind of do do the loop and do the livestock check and make mm-hmm. sure all the livestock were, were there and doing what they needed to do. I really 
cannot tolerate that form of leadership. It's it's not leadership at all. And this whole bigger concept of radical kindness, I really do. I wish more leaders would insist on it, especially in bigger organizations where there's multiple layers. Yeah. Leadership because, you know, if, as a leader, if you give the managers who report to you incentives that ultimately lead to cruelty, it's almost like it's like, you know, immediate karma, all the stress and trauma that you're forcing mm-hmm. your management's, your middle managers to create. It's really on you. You own that. You did it. And you've got to stop. And it trickles down, too. I mean, if you're if your manager is stressed out, you're going to be stressed out, which will go down if you have team members. And it's just a trickle effect. If it's, yeah. you know, kindness is such an important thing for leaders to have because you want to be able to let your employees feel heard and welcome and not fearful of everything that's going on. It's, you know, it's about listening and, you know, the things we talked about sharing of ideas and being kind. I, I agree. I think kindness is underrated right now. And I think it needs to be brought back a little bit. So let's just change the topic a little bit to communication when we talk about, you know, in being inclusive and welcoming those ideas from our work places and being authentic. What are your thoughts on on all of that? That's a great question. I, I think communication is really the, the the final ingredient in my ideal leadership recipe. Uh, leadership needs clarity. And mm-hmm. in order to deliver that clarity so people know where they are and what's happening and what's at issue and where things are going, you know, very simple questions, big mm-hmm. questions, but simple in their own way. A leader needs to become expert at communicating those things in multiple formats and multiple tones. Sometimes it's good news, you know, yeah, let's, let's keep going. Sometimes it's news where, uh oh, we, you know, we have, we have some additional work to do, but right. the clarity around that so that people aren't sitting around wondering what's going on. What's the next, um, what's the metaphor? What's the next shoe to drop? Whatever it might be. Yeah. yeah. That, that, is really that like that final piece of leadership. And it it also comes back to ideas like we were talking about before, Mm -hmm. because as a leader communicating that idea that gets everyone on the team excited and motivated and gives that message that we collectively are creating change is really, Mm -hmm. and that's important. Even if you're doing something that's really niche and down in the weeds, like, for example, you know, I might have a client that focuses on how hedge funds handle their accounting or how large corporate loans work or, you know, the right. things that are kind of these are arcane elements in the financial services market. But still, you know, those are companies that are collectively creating change and helping make pieces of the economy work more efficiently. And you can get excited about that. if They, they might sound really boring at first. <laughs> You can get excited about yeah. that. Wow, we're, we're really like we're helping the economy function, and that's really cool in, in its own way. And that that idea, communicating that idea in a way that motivates and transmits passion, is really really important. That idea of we collectively are creating change, and and I guess the other thing I would say, and it's it's really more of a communication tip, is. Mm-hmm. You change your leadership communications in the, and you put them in this domain of let's, let's do this. Let's do this. 
let's all do this together rather than you employee, you have to do this mm-hmm. thing. You have to do this thing. Uh, the, the, the let's model is so much more motivating and inspiring than the you have to model. Mm-hmm, absolutely. It's less dictatorship type feel, right? That's right. Micromanager feeling. Yeah. I want to touch back to just one quick thing that you mentioned, which is clarity around the good, but also the not so great news that you may have to share. And I think that's really important because the, the more we can help our employees understand, maybe if there is going to be a mass layoff or we've lost a large customer, whatever that might be, the more clarity we can provide them of what it means to them, I think actually helps with their fear response around certain things so rather than not saying anything and so everybody's worried everybody's losing their job where if we gain clarity and say we lost this major customer but we just gained this new one right right instead of putting fear into us so i love that you mentioned clarity i think it's extremely important yeah i mean i guess you, you could also call it transparency Yes, absolutely. Yeah, great word. Along the lines you're saying is, you know, telling people even, you know, we, we lost a major client. We have three that are very close to saying yes. And I'm really confident that two out of those three will say yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay, great. Well, if our audience was to take away a key tip from you today, what do you think they should take away? I guess I would say is kind of wrap all that up. Think of your mission as a leader, as seeking ideal balance. You're balancing a bunch of variables. You're balancing you, your company, your team members, and your clients and customers. Those, those are the, those are the major ones. And you're always looking for ways to improve and maintain that balance. And as a leader, one, one of the things that means is that you have to learn to get better at keeping your personal self-interest in context. Just because I as an individual need or want something to get done in a certain way, doesn't necessarily mean that that's in balance with the interests of all of those other stakeholders. So you, you are there as a leader. Um, You're in a unique and sometimes challenging position with respect to these other stakeholders that are part of the mix. And you kind of have to step away from some, some, some of those things that are really focused on, well, I want this. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think it's something you continue to learn. And as you mature as a leader, you know, no, it, it would be extremely unlikely for someone to have that under their belt immediately. You know, the first time they act in a, in a leadership role, um, I'll, I'll say I'm still learning it and I hope I, I always will still learn to continue to optimize that balance. And it's, it's almost like, I don't want to be perfect at that. I, I want to be in constant learning and rebalancing. And that's, that's like the balancing act. It's not just stasis. It's constantly balancing and rebalancing and, and making sure. And I guess maybe the, like, if I want to say it in a really simple way is I, the big, big tip mm-hmm. as a leader is Learn to get and stay out of your own way. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And I like that you talk about constant balance because there is never like that line where you it's not going to move, right? Um, and I think that's that's really important as well. Excellent. Thank you so much for an amazing conversation today with all these great tips and ideas. Thank you. I really enjoyed it as well. So if our audience wanted to learn more or connect with you in some way, how can they find you online? 
Best way to find me is on LinkedIn as Christopher Fox. Uh, you'll see that I'm the managing partner and founder of Synchrosis, and that's right there and visible on my profile. There are a few other Christopher Foxes out in the world. Uh, they are not me, but you'll you'll easily see uh, which one of them focuses on financial thought leadership. Awesome. Thanks again for your time today. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. And a thank you to our listeners. We both hope that you're taking away some key information to help you on your leadership journey. If you are new to leadership or a seasoned leader who knows that support and developing of skills are the way to move forward, or perhaps you want to join our community, please visit AmplifyingLeadership.ca, a twin life coaching and business services division. Until next time, please be safe and be an amazing leader or leader to be.